It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, this is the dead time of NFL football right now. They have to get down to 53 by tomorrow. So it's it's a tough time. I remember these days. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about roster cuts. I looked at it, and I was around 49 to 50 guys I thought would make this team. None have gotten cut yet that I've picked, and I tweeted that out. So we'll talk about that next. But we have Matt Spaeth joining us in the Hanging Around Johnson segment to talk about Gophers football and his time in the NFL, as well as Brevin Span Ford. What does he think about him? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Those watching on YouTube, hey, how's it going? Appreciate you guys joining us today. And then remember, Amazon Fire and Roku, you can get the Locked On Sports Minnesota shows wherever you get your podcast but of course you can always get us on amazon fire and roku and then like i said on youtube i want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by fan dual sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started and make every moment more season starting get on those early prop bets and parlays because nfl football is upon us one of the best betting seasons of the year well, as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, uh, I'm excited about Brevin Spanford talk with Matt Spaeth today, but we have to talk about the Vikings early on to get this show started. Minnesota Vikings, Sam, are going to cut down to 53 by tomorrow. We've already saw some early cuts. I haven't been watching my phone, so I don't know if some of the guys I picked are getting cut. But Sam, what are your thoughts? Because now people 
like this whole Jalen Rager, I've seen a lot of people pick Jalen Rager to make the team now. And so I wasn't too sure. I was more of a Tristan Jackson, but now I see, because Brandon Powell, I feel like people think he's in because he didn't play in the last game. Neither did Rager. Or sorry, neither. Sorry, Rager and Tristan Jackson played. Powell did not. So I think Powell Mm -hmm. has that nod at five. Coach was high on Jalen Naylor, but maybe Jalen Naylor has to start the season off possibly on the pup list, but who knows? Like he he was back practicing. Um, So maybe that's a a good sign to get him to week one because there's two more weeks. Um, But Jalen Naylor versus Jalen Rager seems like the conversation now, Sam. I don't know. That's one topic for you. Another one is the the, the outside linebackers D-line. Like Asezi Atamewu, because he's not healthy, may be a, a guy that gets cut. I think they like him. It sounds like Kevin O'Connell is trying to get those guys back on the field. Najee Thompson, not healthy, wasn't able to go. So is health going to cut a lot of these guys on the bubble? Because they're like, look, we can't even get you back in two weeks. So we might need to go with a guy that's healthy. I don't know. What are your thoughts early on on what you think this 53 could look like? Yeah, like it's it's unfortunate to see guys that are hurt, but you know sometimes the injuries actually help you construct the roster because Ken A. Wongwu, for instance, hasn't been on the field in three at least three weeks. That seems like a pretty obvious pup candidate. Put him on the pup, then he sits for six weeks. You get him back, and that allows you to sign someone else to the roster. So you might actually use the pup or the the IR to keep guys in the building and, and put them on the sideline for a little bit. And that allows you to sign other people onto the 53. Um, that, that wide receiver position group, Ron, I, I think it does come down to Tristan Jackson being your six or not, um, whether they want to keep him on the roster. They might be able to slide him through to the 53. I think defensive line with uh, a Sezi and a bunch of other guys is the most muddled, confusing position group. Because I look at Sheldon Day, who had a great preseason. Uh, he's in the mix. TJ Smith is in the mix. Uh, you've got Ross Blacklock, who you traded for. Yeah. You've got um, so many different options at those positions, especially the interior. I think you're going to have to cut some some guys that might feel like they're deserving, uh, and you probably only keep five or six. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And, hey, already a trade, Ron. Vidarian Lowe traded to the Patriots for a sixth round pick so crazy is not afraid to wheel and deal here on uh cut down day yeah i didn't have a darian low i mean you saw i don't know if you saw my tweet but i tweeted out um yesterday i tweeted out the guys i thought would make this team and here's here's where i kind of was and let's go offense and i'll just talk offensive line offensive lineman i had christian derisaw ed ingram garrett bradbury ezra cleveland brian o'neill austin schlotman blake brandon oliuda so those are the eight i know either they're gonna have to get one more guy or they're going to have Josh Sokol be the other guy because Oliudo can play both tackle spots. Blake Brando can play tackle spots as well as guards. Austin Schlotman can play guard and center. And then Josh Sokol can play guard as well. So I think that's your nine offensive linemen. I had TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, Johnny Munt. I had Alexander Madison, CJ Ham, Ty Chandler. I didn't have a fourth running back yet because I don't know if Kane Wangwu is their guy or if they're going to try to find a guy who gets cut. Brian Robinson um we we saw just got cut and he's a, a running back that's out there not say he's the guy for them to take i'm just saying there's gonna be a lot of guys get cut that people are surprised about there's some veteran guys getting cut for receiver i have five justin jefferson kj osborne jordan Addison, brandon powell and Jalen naylor i did not have rager mm-hmm. or tristan jackson in this so far i had only two quarterbacks kirk cousins nick mullins 
Um, and so that's where I go to offense. We'll talk a little bit of defense tomorrow. Uh, we'll also have the answers probably by tomorrow's show. Like as it as it gets closer, you'll see uh, what it looks like a little more. But that's kind of where I was in this roster. I I, I did not have a Darian Lowe on here. Um, and so, yeah, so far, all the guys I had is my 50. I had like 50 guys or 49 guys. Um, I did not have them on there. I do have a Sezi on here. I had Daniel Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Patrick Jones, DJ Wanham, and a Sezi Atamewu for my outside linebackers. Inside, I had Jordan Hicks, Ivan Pace, Brian Osamoa, Troy Die. I think him over Reader. Um, I did not have uh, – I don't have Luigi Villain. I think he maybe. He's a maybe. Uh, but I do know they cut uh, Vallejo, the uh, special team, Tanner Vallejo, the special yep. teams guy. From a D-line standpoint, I had six. From a safety, I have five. And I think that's the question everybody has. Are they going to keep five safeties? Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus, Lewisine, and Jay Ward. I think Cam Bynum is Lewisine saving grace because Cam Bynum can cover in the nickel if you think Josh Metellus can be your safety. Um, and so he can come in and cover maybe a tight end or running back in certain sets um cornerback or well i have five there i don't know if they'll go six there so i kind of have like four spots that are out there uh just don't know is it going to be an additional receiver is it gonna be additional quarterback offensive lineman could it be another uh cornerback because i think safety they're maxed out uh could it be another line outside linebacker or another d lineman probably not um so yeah so there's 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 four guys out there i think i think it'll be a cornerback which will be what's his name um Thompson, Najee Thompson, because I think he's the guy that can really help this team out. But yeah. I don't know, Sam. It's it, it. This is a very perplexing year because you just really don't know. From a cornerback, I have Makai Blackman, Jawan Williams, Caleb Evans, Byron Murphy, and Andrew Booth. So I don't know what you have for cornerback, but that's who I have now. Maybe they will take a six quarterback, and Najee Thompson is the six cornerback in that group. Um, yeah, because I could see that round in and out. But yeah, it's it's. It's very uh very questionable what they're going to do because you just don't know. But I know special teams is a big one, and we're forgetting that. But, yeah, as guys get traded, I know Tom Pelissero, Adam Schefter, all these guys are going to have all these, this has happened, or I'm getting word that so-and-so is going to get cut, especially when it's a big name. Like if it is Lewisine that the Vikings are going to part ways with first-round draft pick, you know, like that's one that I think will be big. People will talk about. I think he'll easily find a team if they don't decide to keep him. But I, I feel like they like him. I feel like they gave him a lot of opportunity. I feel like he looked pretty good. He also didn't play in the last game, which is kind of a good thing um, for your, you know, as a player. Like if they don't dress you in the last game and they give you a right. shot, they kind of feel like you're the guy. I don't, I don't feel like unless they have a trade coming up or something. Uh, you know, I don't feel like they would sit like Vidarian Lowe. I don't feel like they would sit a guy and not give him an honest chance to make the roster or be on a different team because sometimes they don't want to dress a guy because they're like, Look, we're going to trade them, we can't get them hurt, you know. So that's that's the other side of this, too. Some guys are trade worthy mm-hmm. and they don't want to get them hurt, so they they say, Just you know, you're going to sit this one out. We got enough guys, that's why they bought in the quarterback. Um, uh, to Ama- Jordan Tama Tama Tamu Tamalu. Ta-amu? No, Tamu. Tahamu. Tahamu. Um, because they thought they were going to play him. and uh, But Jaron Hall, they wanted to see him in a great situation. So maybe they were really like, man, this guy's rolling. Let's see what we have in him because we might want to have him as our third quarterback. But we'll find out more tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a tough day. It's tough to see a lot of guys lose their job. Like we talked to Matt Spath. We're going to talk about with him as well about the NFL and just the brutality of the business. But also, Brevin Span Ford. 6'7", 270, same exact size as All-American Matt Spate. Can Brevin Spanford follow in his footsteps and get that All-American title? 
be one of the top draft picks in, as far as tight end in the NFL. We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson, the Hanging Ron Johnson segment, but we have a word from our sponsors. It's another great day to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook and the brand new promotion they have going on there. Get ready for the NFL season with these incredible offers from FanDuel. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And that's not all. New customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It's not on DirecTV anymore. It's on YouTube and YouTube TV. Make sure you take advantage of that. Watch all the games. If you're out of state, watch the Vikings on NFL Sunday ticket. Best time to join FanDuel is right now. App is easy to use. Find all the player props you need, all the futures you need. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Kick off the NFL season in style with these sweet offers from FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, now it's time for the Hanging Around Johnson segment, and I'm excited about this week, people. It's Gophers Football Week. Nebraska Cornhuskers are coming to town for week one. So I had to load it up with some gophers. Got some surprise guests the next couple of weeks. I'll just throw out a couple names. We got Matt Spafe. We got Eric Decker. We got Adam Weber. Uh, that's just to name a few. So today's show, I'm going to kick it off like I promised with Matt Spafe. Joining me in the Hanging Around Johnson segment. I mean, one of the biggest tight ends the gophers have ever seen until Brevin Span Ford. But Matt Spafe, of course, you guys know, went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, my dad's... Uh, uh, a jersey behind me framed and signed by my dad uh, got the Super Bowl cards and tickets uh, so so much history with the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, so when Matt Spath went there that was one team that I kept an eye on as well because I always do like we had Ryan Clark on we talked about that uh, you know Monday as well we talked about that with Monday uh, so love my Steeler guys Jerome Bettis and then we have Matt Space. So, Matt, thank you for joining me on the Hanging Ron Johnson show, uh, segment uh, on the Ron Johnson Show. First, I want to jump out there because I did throw that out there, man. You were drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, one of the best franchises in NFL history, one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. When you talk about Super Bowls, when you talk about legacy, the fact that they've only had three head coaches in their entire entity of an organization. But when you got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, how did, how did that feel for you? You know, when you get drafted, it's it's all so new and fresh, and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. And, and, and you know, the history of Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I had no clue about until I got here and, and spent a lot of time. And I'm still here. And I, I look back, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this organization because I, I mean this – you know, I'm, I'm retired now. I'm an ex-player. I got no skin in the game. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are – an exceptionally well-run organization and I have nothing but love and admiration for the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything they're about. And when you look at your uh, skill set, you know, because a lot of times there's blocking tight ends, there's passing tight ends at six, seven, 270 pounds. What would you have called yourself back then? You know, in college, I think I was an all around tight end. Um, I, I think I the blocking was probably my best attribute, but I caught a lot of passes. Um, when I got to the NFL, we had we had Heath Miller. So my role was changed a little bit. And, and I was fine with that because, you know, Heath Miller was, to me, one of the one of the best all around tight ends there, there could be and great guy and all that stuff. Um, 
but I was, I was, I was comfortable because I found my role and I found a niche and I just worked to excel in it. So I would say once I got to the NFL, I was more of a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. I was the number two tight end. And I, I, like I said, I think guys that can find their role in their niche and excel at it, always have a place. Like I watch Keefe, you know, in the NFL, I think he's mm-hmm. doing tremendous things and Co is similar to me, man. He found a niche and he's excelling at it. Yeah, he's starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He actually just texted me. He came on our show as well, Coquive. Uh, shout out to Coquive. He came on our show earlier uh, this year. And so he is now playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's the first thing he texted me. He's like, I can't wait. Uh, so I'm like, you know, a guy that's a former gopher that gets to come back to Minneapolis uh, and play where he played college football. That's exciting. We got Antoine Winfield as well. Grew up as a Viking fan with his dad. So there's going to be a lot of Tampa Bay Bucks, uh Viking storylines the following week but there's no vikings game this week so we're sticking with college football but you brought up a great point finding your niche at six seven at what point uh in college football did you kind of realize like man i'm a lot bigger than these guys in the red zone or did you just kind of let the game come to you i just let the game come to me um you know going back to my story in college football i spent my whole first year redshirted as a defensive end and uh, i never played defensive end before uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I was very good at it. Probably why I redshirted and all this stuff. And and after that first year was tough. I mean it. Like I was kind of you know you go from high school where you're the star that you know you know you're the the big fish in the small pond. And I started kind of questioning my ability or my role or my life in football. And I was thinking, okay, um, maybe maybe this football thing ain't really what I was meant for. But uh, I was like, you know, I'll stick it out. I'll get my degree and. You know, I'll do something else, you know, but then going into my second year, you get a call from your head coach. And that's how it happened here, where they said, hey, we're going to try you at tight end. And that was even a tough phone call because it kind of validates what you were already thinking. Like, mm-hmm. uh, OK, I wasn't a very good defensive end, um, but it turns out to be, the you know, obviously the biggest blessing I could have got. Um I, re- I specifically remember after the first day of practice, you know, we still had Ben Utec on the team and. um it was like it was so refreshing because like one day I knew that that's what I was meant to play. And I remember guys like Ben and different people coming up to me and being like, oh, like, man, like you're pretty good at this. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that went good. <laughs> I, you know, so I just think back and I reflect like, you know, what if that change never happened, Ron? You know what I right. mean? Like, what if what if we were, you know, what if they were like, well, you know, Matt might not ever be a star, but he'll give he'll give us depth and, you know, we'll keep him at defensive end and develop him. And, you know, Matt's great, the football player, nobody would have never known. But I'm so thankful that they they switched me and gave me that chance and that opportunity because who knows what would have happened otherwise. Yeah, and that was Glenn Mason, friend of the program. Glenn Mason recruited me as well to the University of Minnesota. So uh, love Glenn Mason's overall uh, thoughts on football we've had him on the show as well and uh just just a good guy but matt you, you brought up a good point dn like was it because of your size did you do it in high school or where did that even come from i think it was just because of my size um so you I were tight middle, end in high school i played well i played tight end and i played middle linebacker in high okay school. middle linebacker okay yeah remember i went to a 3a school i guess my senior year we were 4a um and I, I say this with humility and, but like in, in small town, high school sports, you put your best athlete in the middle of the field. So 
I thought I was a great off, a great linebacker for high school, but I only had to do like three things. I only had to read, run, pass, and trap. And I, all I did was see ball, get ball. It, if it was pass, I ran back and read the quarter. I dropped back and read the quarterback's eyes. If it was run, I just ran and tackled. So um, to be honest with you, I actually go, go back. I spent about three days at linebacker uh, in my first training camp with the Gophers, but that was so foreign to me because I <laughs> all the language and the terminology and the curl the hook and flat and two. I mean, it was, it was way beyond me and I couldn't do it. So then they switched me to DN. <laughs> well, that was, that was probably one of the best decisions they ever made. Uh, switch you to DN and then of course, switch you over to tight end. And now we have what we have was one of the best tight ends in gopher football history, uh, NFL tight end as well. So definitely was worth the, 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 the move. And now you're in Pittsburgh where a lot of players, uh, tend to do they they retire and they like spice adams play for the bears he's living in chicago a lot of players tend to retire whether it's where they play college at or where they play pro at it seems like that's that's the one of the top goals and you ended up in a great place in pittsburgh uh, i grew up there as well uh but matt you know you, you before we jumped into this you talked about brevin span ford this was crazy they list you guys at the exact same height and weight both six seven both 270 pounds but when you see today's NFL tight end, when you see today's college tight end, uh, it's, it's used so differently. Like the tight end now is considered a weapon and not an afterthought, where before the tight end was like, well, we got these receivers, but if we have a tight end, we could throw it to him every once in a while. Now it's like we got to find a tight end to get the ball to when you think about George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, so on and so forth. Uh, when you see the evolution of, of football and college football kind of takes on sometimes the life of the NFL you brought up the Brevin Span Ford is close. And so when I when I looked at the stats, he's at 70 catches, 822 yards, eight touchdowns. You were at 109, 1,293, and 12 touchdowns. So if I'm a betting man, I'm guessing he's probably going to come for your stats this season because they're going to feed him the ball. But but before we get into that stuff, what, what kind of NFL tight end do you think he can be? Because you guys are the exact same size. Um, I think Brevin can be uh, like a three down, four down tight end. I really do. I think he's got good size. I think he's an athlete. I think he runs well. I think he catches well. Uh, early on in his career, I was interested in seeing how he developed as a blocker because blocking in college and in the NFL, it is not an easy thing, but it's, um, I always say blocking is a mindset. Yeah. Like you have to be willing and, and not just able, but you have to be it's, it's a mindset that you're going to get the job done and not everybody can do that. Um, and I've been very happy or uh, pleased with his development as a blocker. So I think he has a role to be an every down guy. I really do, because I think he has the, the athletic ability to be utilized in a passing game at the next level. And I think he has the ability and um, desire to be a good blocker as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Like when I when I when I talked to him a couple of times, he was at the state fair. We saw him at the PJ Flex show when we were hosting the PJ Flex show. Uh, he was talking, and uh, yeah, he's just he's a guy that that knows what he can be. I mean, they a lot of publications have him ranked as like one of the top three or four tight ends in college football. PJ Flex said up to as high as number two in some of the scouts he's talked to. Um, but at the end of the day, you know this, Matt. It's all about what team takes you because they can say all the stuff they want. 
But you look at guys like David and Joku who go goes to a team who doesn't become what they thought he should be. Uh, yeah. You look at a guy like Ben Utech gets with a team and wins a Super Bowl. Like it just it depends on what team you end up with and how they utilize you. Like Coquif, you know, goes to a team yeah. like the Bucks and starts now. Like now yeah. the starting tight end. So where you're drafted versus who drafts you, I think is a big deal. And uh, that's overlooked. Some people are like, oh, I'd rather go in the second round. It's like, I'd rather go in the third if it's going to be a better team that's going to be suited for my skill set. Um, so when you look at Ed Brevin Spanford, I did the math, 40 catches, 472 yards, and five touchdowns to pass uh, Matt Spath. Uh, what was the likelihood of that this season? Hi. And I hope he does. I really do. Um Listen, my time is over. I'm, I'm yeah. done playing football. So uh, I hope he does for multiple reasons. Brevin is a great kid. I've got to know him over the years. I spent some time with him this spring at the spring game. I hope he does break my records for, for his sake and for the team's sake, because if he does well, the team does well, right? Um, right. I, I am a huge, huge Gopher fan. I follow him so closely. I'm so excited for the season. I'm coming back for the first game. Um, so I, I, I hope he does break my records. I really do. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And when you look at the first game, you talked about that. You'll be there. I'll be there as well doing the Gophers game day live. Um, and then, of course, you know, we'll check out the pregame festivities, uh, hang out with the fans. Uh, feel free, people, to stop by the booth uh, for the game day show where it's going to be a big day from like 3 to 6.30, longest show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of people uh, stopping by, a lot of guests, uh, but when you talk about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, again, last year was, or the year before last, I think, or last year was Ohio State. Uh, when you think about Nebraska walking into the stadium with Matt Rule, different scope of team now. They were terrible under Scott Frost. Now they join Matt Rule's crew, which is basically like a Baylor extension. He's going to try to do the same things with Baylor, but I don't think he has the athletes. But when you look at this Gophers team, I talked to Eric Decker about this. What are you expecting? Because Ethan Kallig, man, is this the first time in six years there's a new quarterback under center? So what do you think about Ethan Kallig Manis and and what you know what is it going to take for them to you know kind of be a dominant force in this Big Ten that's about to grow soon? A couple things. Uh, the Nebraska game, real quick. My my dad's a my dad's alma mater. He played football at Nebraska, so oh, this is okay. like a big a big game, a big special game. I grew up a I grew up a Nebraska fan, but now I'm a Nebraska hater. Um, <laughs> very, it's easy to do. Um, so I'm very excited for this game. This this team, there's two things that I'm really looking forward to is the defense under Joe Rossi has been so good. And if they can replicate what they've been over the last few years, which I think they can, this team will be tough to beat. And then I think they have weapons and I think they have a, a quarterback that can really sling the ball. So how much are they going to open up the offense? Um, are we going to see a typical Minnesota offense where we – pound 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 which isn't a bad thing right um but we have some weapons outside we talked about brevin i think they got good receivers um i want to see them open it up uh, i think they can still have a run first identity but if they can complement uh the run game with some some explosive passing and deep passing and taking advantage of these these guys they have on the outside and the perimeter i think they're going to be a tough team to beat um so I think those two things, I think they, the offense goes as Ethan goes and, and then the offensive line and the run game. But uh, I'm looking forward to the defense more than anything. It's been really fun and refreshing to watch a Minnesota defense run that, yeah. that does well, right? We, we played on – you and I both played on some great offenses that didn't always have 
the best defenses that, you know, we lost some games that way. Um, so it's it's fun to watch them play defense for the first time in a long time. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you got you look at guys like uh, Tyler Newbin, who's going to be a first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick. Uh, in the past, you've had the Antoine Winfields, the Carter Coughlins, the Boy Mafes, the Cezia Tamewus. So, yeah, so they put a lot of guys out into the NFL as of late. Uh, when you think about defensively, offensively, uh, coming in this season, you got Elijah Spencer, you got Corey Crooms, you got uh, Chris Hoffman Bell as receiver, you got Lebecky Brockington. I mean, they they got a lot of guys. And Daniel Jackson was the like mainstay receiver last year. And because of so many transfers, so many guys coming in, people forget to mention Daniel, mention Daniel Jackson's name. And that's what's crazy about this offense. And then you go down to Brevin Span Ford, you got Jordan Newbin at running back. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, their defense, uh, you also have the cornerback and Justin Wiley. And and they're just going to – and then Darius Green, who's going to be – he earned the starting uh, spot at the other safety that, that Fleck kind of mentioned, like a young guy, had a great camp, and he's earned his spot. And that's what people forget. College football training camp is not like the NFL. The NFL is all over TV. College football training mm-hmm. camp, you rarely see it, and then you just hear, oh, this kid had a great camp. He's going to be our starting safety this year. And everybody's like, who? But it's Darius Green. He's going to be the next great gopher uh, from what I'm hearing, and I'm looking forward to seeing him against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, when your dad found out Nebraska was joining the Big Ten, what was that conversation like? Because he grew up in the Big 12, and then they became over to the Big Ten. What was that like? I'll say this. My dad is a gopher fan. Even yeah. though his, even though Nebraska is his alma mater, he's, uh, you know, he's a Minnesota guy. Me going to Minnesota, uh, he, you know, Thursday he'll be hosting a tailgate. He'll be full Minnesota gear. There'll be no red on him. So let me just say that <laughs> he is a Gopher fan uh, through and through. So um, I don't remember honestly if he had much of a reaction. Um, okay. To be honest with you, I just think he, in some ways, I think it's, you know, his Nebraska days are a thing of the past, and he's a Gopher yeah. fan. Now. And what was your thoughts? Because now, not just Nebraska, I mean, I remember when Penn State, that's how old I am. I'm old enough to remember when Penn State wasn't a part of the Big Ten, and then they came over to the Big Ten and uh, made, I think we only had like 11 teams at the time. And then I'm not sure, I think it was Nebraska maybe became the 12th. I'm not sure exactly how that happened. Then you had Rutgers join, you had Maryland join to get to 14. Now you're going to have UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon join the Big Ten, which... I don't even know what we're going to be called, the Big Ten Pacific versus the Big Ten West and the Midwest and, and splitting the three groups. I don't know. Uh, quads, if they can get two more teams and get 20. But when you heard about the expansion of the Big Ten and four Pac-10 teams, um, what are your thoughts on that from just a, as a player, but then also from a travel standpoint as a student? It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think like this expansion stuff and the realignment stuff is done. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's going to continue over the next year or two. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens when it all shakes out. I've seen a lot of different theories or stuff floating around of different, you know, sections of teams. And I, I mean, I think the ads of, you know, the USC, Oregon, Washington, I think they're good ads. They're great programs. They're great following. And I understand why they're doing it. Right. It's all about money these days. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when it's all said and done, what it all looks like. Um, I'm kind of indifferent, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. think you, you know, as a, as a player, I think of myself, I mean, I'm done now, but I still think of myself as a player. Um, 
it is what it is. You play who you play and yeah. you got to beat who you got to beat. And even though you talk about, you know, I saw something where Minnesota has like the third toughest schedule. Good. Yeah. I would rather them win. You know, I hope, you know, they, I'd rather play good competition and beat them or play right. them close and maybe you don't beat them. But um, the schedule is what it is. It's not the, it's out of the player's control. So you show up and you play and you win. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the only thing is it's more your area. When you think about Penn state, Maryland, uh, Rutgers, those schools are going to be the affected the most with the travel because they have to go all the way to the West Coast, which is probably a five, six hour flight. Uh, mm-hmm. To get to Washington is not easy. I mean, now we do know college football charters a flight, so they can definitely get into Washington, uh, but it's not easy. You know, our hardest was like trying to get into Northwestern. I don't know if you remember that because all the sometimes you have to fly in Chicago and then mm-hmm. drive to Northwestern, or sometimes the airport was actually open so you can get closer. Uh, so that was, I think, the biggest issues I ever had. I mean, I, I, the funniest is to me still to this day is flying to Wisconsin. You know, like we spent more time in the bus in the airport than we actually did in the air going to Wisconsin and Iowa. But, you know, those those are like what I grew up being used to, like these short, quick flights. You yep. land and you play. And now, you know, like Spice Adams is on from Penn State and he hates it. He hates the fact of the travel. He's like, that's that's dumb. He's like, that's going to be a lot. But and, and guys like him and some other guys that have said it, we had uh, Deshaun Foster on running back from UCLA, played in the NFL for the Panthers. He's now the running backs coach for UCLA. He actually likes it because he can recruit now in all the Big Ten cities. He can go to Minnesota. He can go get a kid like Lawrence Maroney. He can go get a kid like Marion Barber because he's a running backs coach. He's like, man, I can actually sit in Ohio State's backyard and talk to one of their running backs that is committed and say, man, we got Michael Jordan. Like, we got the Jordan brand. I can get you Jordans every month. I can get you a new pair of Jordans every month Come to UCLA. And so, you know, he's excited for that. But I think people forget about volleyball because yeah. volleyball is a huge sport in the Big Ten. UCLA-Minnesota is going to be a great game, but that means they have to travel, or Penn State volleyball is good, and they have to travel on a Tuesday to go play on a Wednesday to then fly back on a Wednesday, possibly maybe stay over because there's no flights because they're not flying – they're flying commercial and then they have to miss class. So, yeah. So those are the ones people are concerned about. It's it's football. I don't, I, you know, I think it it is what it is. You play on Saturdays, mostly travel is fairly easy football, you know, football travel, you know, even when Ron, you remember when people play like, Oh, you travel all the time. Not really. Yeah. You know, even in the NFL, you play, you know, back then eight away games or 10, if you count preseason back then, it's not that much travel. The other sports, the smaller sports that play midweek and during the school year and, you know, and I have Tuesday, Wednesday games, right. I think those are the sports that are going to be impacted the most. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's where it's going to really affect them. And, and I think oftentimes, unfortunately, they are the afterthought, right? Because they right. aren't the money makers Correct. and it's all about money. And that's probably what maybe bothers me the most mm-hmm. is that it is just about money and everybody thinks about football and maybe basketball a little bit. Um, but football are the big, the big revenue generators. And so they don't, they look at that and they don't really think about the baseball team or the soccer team or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah no, those are definitely going to, cause I will say like volleyball, I think will be okay because they play like the Gophers for sure. Cause they play Florida. They play a big schedule anyway, because they're always mm-hmm. top five in the country. UCLA the same. They play a big schedule because they're always top two in the country. Um, so some of those teams are going to do okay, but like Rutgers, 
you know, like their teams aren't used to doing all that. They're like, look, yeah. we're an okay team for soccer. We're an okay team for volleyball. Like, yeah, let's, you know, but I think the Big Ten track me. It's going to be way better. But now instead of being in the Midwest, every so often they're going to have to go to Oregon, which they probably don't mind because I've been to Oregon's track. My wife ran track back in the in the day at college and in the Olympics, and I've been to Oregon. It's nice. It is nice. I will say that. So I know they're looking forward to it, but they're also like, man, we got to fly commercial to go all the way to Oregon, to go all the way to Washington, to go all the way to UCLA and USC. Um, but there's, I, I, this is what I will say, though, Matt, and, and I thought about this too. Softball and some of these other sports that are here that normally have to go to, like, Florida to play games, now they can spend this winter starting off their season in California and just live in California for, I think they play, because they were in Florida for, like, three weeks because Minnesota snow had melted. So they have to get yeah. they have to get the games in. So they were like, look, everybody go down to UCF and you guys are going to play five, six games down to UCF. So I think now they're like, well, hey, we have we have California is warmer. We can you know, the Big Ten can shift out to the West Coast for, for some softball early on. Um, so and that's why, you know, I, I'm looking for a credential, by the way, from Gopher Sports. I already submitted it for football. But if you guys start going to UCLA for softball, um, I will be traveling with you guys uh, for softball because uh, you guys know I love it. But uh, Matt, last one before we get out of here, man. Um, I, I'm very proud. I always tell guys this, man. I'm proud of you guys because I was. I'm a lot older than you. Well, not too much older. I keep forgetting you were with UTech, but Ron, I came right after you. you know I know. If, I feel so much older than you guys, though. Like I like even UTech. Like I forgot I played with UTech at one point. I'm like, wait a minute, you were a sophomore when I was a senior. Ron, I'm, I met uh, you on my recruiting visit. I know. No, I know. Like I like I said, when you said UTech, I'm like, oh yeah, Matt was there. I'm like, because same with like Marion and same with Maroney. Like I forget you guys were kind of all like right after us, like Decker even. Um, you know, like, and, and here's a good one. Cause Decker is going to be on the show next week. I got to throw this one in there. This is a bonus question. Have you seen Eric Decker's naked pictures? Like did he keep posting? Unfortunately? Yes, I have. <laughs> what, what, what is going on with him? And, and like wanting to like take these nude photos by the pool with his wife's cookbook. Like, has he, like, was he that guy in the locker room? Like, was he a nude, like go to the shower, no towel guy, or is this like a new thing for him? Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I can't remember. And I'm not going to answer that anyway. So uh, uh, I don't know. I think in the days of social media, Ron, people do some crazy things. Um, and I think we're seeing that with Eric here. So, <laughs> so um, we're not going to see a Matt Spave like nude photo shoot with probably, uh, with probably. the calendar. Nobody, nobody wants to see that anyways. Because so. I will say Spice Adams, like people always joke about like, was he this way? He was that way in high school. Like this was a guy that would go to the showers butt naked and slide across the floor like he would spray soap down and he would slide across the floor to get to his shower like that's just who he was because you played for the bears i forgot about that yeah, was Spice there I was when you were there say, I, I played two years with spice and yeah i mean he hands down the funniest teammate i've ever had in my life for sure for sure <laughs> like that nobody was nobody else is even close that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, it didn't change when we grew up. Like, he was that way growing up. Like, yeah. he never changed. Like, he was an absolute clown. Like, he would come to class with costumes on. Uh, yeah. He came to, he, he walked out the locker room time in cleats, but he had, like, his Coogee sweater on from school still. Like, it just, he just would do weird, dumb stuff. Like, he would slide in the hallway on in his school clothes. Like, he just, he was an absolute clown. Um, and he's always been that way. So that's why when I saw Decker do that, I, I texted him the one time and I'm like, dude, what are you? And you know, I get it. He's going viral. The wife is, she has stuff to sell and she's using, yeah. she's using yeah. her husband. 
yeah. to sell a lot of it. But no, she they're great. I'm looking forward to having them on this week as well. Talk about the new baby coming. Uh, but Matt, before we get out of here, man, like I like I wanted to say, like I'm I'm very proud of you guys. Like every every gopher I see that goes on and not on the field, man, like off the field. Like we're not seeing your name in storylines. We're not hearing that you're 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 having issues with stuff. Like I, I love to see that because one, it helps build just the overall stigma of what football players are. But two, you know, we're 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 all out here as men trying to be better men. And, and I love to see you guys come back and and you know hear the stories and you and your real estate business. By the way, I was gonna say that um your transition from football and now into real estate, how is that going? Great. I, I feel lucky like uh I've kind of found like a cool little niche. And yeah. I feel blessed because I know like a lot of guys, I think that's the biggest one of the bigger struggles is you get done and it's like, what now? Right. right. And I, I think about I was 32 when I retired from the NFL and I was like, OK, what now? Um, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy because the transition mm -hmm. is tough. Right. For a lot of people, because you go from, you know, in my case, Matt Spade, the football player or whoever, the football player who's held in this high regard to, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the next step is it's a hard transition but i was just like you know what i'm just gonna dive in you know like i ain't gonna i ain't gonna like mope about it i ain't gonna do this i'm just gonna dive into something if i like it great if i don't i don't and it's been it's been awesome because i uh it matches my personality i love i love doing it i'm you know when you play long enough you get to meet a lot of cool people influ influential people rich people whatever you want to say mm -hmm. um and I've been able to do a lot of um, a lot of really, really nice transactions and work with a lot of former players and current players in all sports here in, in Pittsburgh. So I feel really lucky and blessed and I, I love what I do. Well, man, yeah, I'm going to have to shoot you a message when you guys get to the uh, tailgate because we we'll have to send a camera crew over there to check out Ken Spaith, see what yeah, he has Ken set up. Uh, yeah. Nebraska, yeah. former Nebraska player, uh, but also Minnesota Gopher fan. So you gave me a great idea. Like that's, that's the one thing I would love about TV. I get ideas all the time randomly, yeah. and you gave me a great idea because I know they go around the tailgates like they did Keefe's dad before because yeah. he does a big breakfast deal. I mean, he was out there all day. He gets there like 8 a.m. He does breakfast from the field. He does lunch from the field. Like he just hangs out with the TV waiting for kickoff. And so now we got to check out Ken Spaves, uh tailgate. Matt Spaith will be back in town. I'm pretty sure Adam Weber and all those guys will be there. But I'm Ron Johnson as Matt Spaith. It's a Ron Johnson show. So hang around Johnson segment. Coming up next, of course, we want to thank Sirius XM Radio, proud partner of Locked On Sports. So we'll talk about that next. And then we got the daily three. That's three questions. We'll take about 30 seconds each today. But again, I want to thank you, Matt, for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Thank you for having me, Ron. See you Thursday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Man, Sam, I mean, Matt Spaeth was good. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation with him. Looking forward to to this. I mean, I really wanted him to answer the Eric Decker question, but I know he's probably like, I can't talk about a naked dude in the locker room. Like, <laughs> That's off limits. Uh, but for those, make sure you guys go back and watch. If you, if you just like jumped and skipped and all of a sudden the show ended up on your feed, 
Make sure you go back and watch the Matt Spaeth interview. Uh, really good stuff. Eric Decker's nakedness came up. Uh, you never know where the interviews are going to go, Sam. It, it gets crazy. But I want everybody to know SiriusXM is a proud partner with Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just download the SXM app on whatever app market you use. And if you are a Twins fan, the Twins host the Cleveland Guardians tonight at 6.40 p.m. as they try to put the AL Central out of reach. As we talked about, they're going to play them a lot in the next couple of games. And it's gonna, they can easily help themselves out by winning them all. But make sure you catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions. We're going to go about 30 seconds each because we went a little long with Matt Spafe. But we had to because it was Matt Spafe. But take it away, Sam. The Dallas Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. Some people thought it'd be the Vikings. The Cowboys gave up a fourth-round pick to get Lance on their team. Ron, do you think the Vikings should have made that trade for a fourth-round pick? Yeah, for a fourth-round pick, I think so, but you can't do it. I think the Vikings liked him. I heard they wanted to. They thought about it. But then you're you're cutting bait too soon on your draft pick, and that's not a good look. Um, I, I like what John Lynch said when he said, look, we made a mistake. Uh, we took a big shot, and we missed. I, I think for the Vikings, it's okay early on to say, hey, look, there's a great talent out there that possibly could be the future quarterback of our organization. If we give him a chance, like, look at Zach Wilson looks really good right now behind Aaron Rodgers. And I think maybe Trey Lance just need to, to be with a veteran like Kirk Cousins. That might make him better long term. Uh, but I thought they should have. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I thought they should have kicked the tires on it as well. I would have liked to have him in the building. Um, I don't know what it would have meant for Jaron Hall, though. That's the thing. Like, you're going to keep Mullins. You're going to keep Cousins. So then you would have had to sneak Hall onto the practice squad. You would have had four quarterbacks in the building. I I think it would have been a little messy. Um, But I would have liked to see him try. And maybe they did. You know, maybe they did offer uh, a fourth, and then they opted to go with Dallas. Who knows? Um, Don't know the details there. But, yeah, I wouldn't have minded having Lance on the team. Coming up next uh, in the Daily Three, the Big Ten, Ron, will now release injury reports Mm -hmm. two hours before every game. They haven't done this before Mm -hmm. until now. Do you like the addition of injury reports now in college football? Yeah. I mean, our pregame show for Gophers Game Day Live is, I think, 9 o'clock. Kickoff is at 11. So that means during our show, we will have the injury report. I love it because I'm so tired of like the Tanner Morgan year, uh, which was last year with the concussion. And every game we're like, oh, Tanner might play. He's warming up. Look at him out there warming up. And then he doesn't play. So we spent like half of a show talking about if Tanner Morgan plays versus if Ethan Kelly is plays. I am so happy for this because now like doing pregame, I'm not, I know the betters like that because they could, they can now go make a quick bet on who they know is not playing and you know, what team they're going to go with now. Cause like if the starting quarterback is not playing and Ethan is playing versus Penn state, you probably put money on more money on Penn state. Um, it's, 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 I think it's one of those things where the betters like it, but I like it more so from a media standpoint. Now I don't have to waste my time. Just like the NFL, we have an injury report. We know who's not going to play. We can talk about the guys who's going to play. It actually helps the show too, because then we can talk about the running back now that's going to get a chance to play. Or Chris Hartman Bell might be out, or this guy might be out. We can talk about the who's going to pick up the slack. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, I think it's good for everybody. It's just good to have information and transparency. Correct. To Plavin to play the secrecy games. Now at least you you don't need to play that game up until kickoff. You can right. give people the information. They can know what to expect, uh, which I think is positive. Last one, Quazy's already made one trade, Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vidarian Lowe traded to the Patriots. And remember, he made, I think, three trades last year around mm-hmm. cutdown day. So 
Is Quazy done making trades, Ron, or do you think another one is coming down the pipeline before rosters get finalized? Uh, like John Randall said, if you saw the schedule release, let Quazy cook. No, he's not done. I think he's going to make another one or two trades. I'm not saying they're going to be big. I mean, I've heard names like Lewisine might be on the trade block. Uh, we, we've saw other teams talk about TJ Hawkinson. You know, if they're not close, maybe he's on the trade block for them to try to let's recoup some of the maybe money or picks for a team that's looking for a tight end and has the money to pay a tight end. And maybe the bike is like, look, we don't have the money to pay him. Uh, we really like Johnny Munt. Maybe that's why Kevin O'Connell was prepping us for the uh, the Johnny Munt love fest. Uh, I do think they want to get a deal done with TJ Hawkinson, though. But you never know. Like, this is why it's a business. It's not a friendship. They're going to do what's best for their business. But I don't know. Do, do you think he's done or do you think it's do you think it'll be a splash trade? Or do you think it'd be some more of these little small ones like the Darian Lowe? I think small ones. I, I think that's how he rolls. He's just trying to find little value here and there, you know, adding a sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he acquires someone in a trade, right? To, yeah, to bolster maybe. depth somewhere. Maybe it's not trading away, but maybe it's acquiring somebody else. Uh, and who knows who they might acquire. But I think that they could justify finding uh, another offensive line piece, a defensive line piece, cornerback, mm-hmm. um, a lot of areas he could go with. Yeah, well... That'll do it for us today on the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. Sam Mexican. actually want to thank Matt Spade for joining us. Those watching on YouTube, we thank you guys for continuing to watch, share, like, but make sure you guys subscribe. If you have an email address, just enter it in in the YouTube and then hit subscribe. It's free, but we need the subscribers. We love them. We appreciate them. And then Instagram and Twitter, you can follow us and find us there. All of our videos, all of our shows as well. Great clips on Instagram. Um, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Mexican. We want to thank you guys. We thank our partners like Locked On Sports, uh, Bird Dogs, XM Radio. We are truly appreciative of all the support. And FanDuel, of course, this episode was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I want to thank you guys. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.